Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Console War podcast. Maddie and I are celebrating. Um, last week's launch was a massive success, and you know the numbers are coming in. Demographics are what we like to see. So we just want to celebrate a bit. Um, if you hear some noise in the background, Maddie, how'd you, how'd you explain the vibe in here? What? Like everyone has their, you know, they have their uh, yeah, yeah, mask yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't. We don't have our mask. I mean, we're recording. We're not going to keep our masks on the whole time. But um, the, most of the rest of the bar does. Anyway, we, you know, we're going to try to do a normal show. Uh, we really, this is the only time we could really record. It's really, the bottles are popping. We're a little, you know, hey. half in the bag over here. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to do our best. We, we wanted to talk about... You know, the, the games we've played in the last week or so, and, uh, you know, also cover some news. Uh, you know, the, the grind never stops. You know, we can't just take a week off just because we're celebrating, we're partying a little bit. We, you know, we have to record pretty regularly. So um, if you, if you know, if you just ignore the sound in the background, we're keeping it safe. Please don't lecture us. We don't want to get any hate mail that we you know. We know the pandemic is real. We just think that the cure can't be, you know, worse than the disease. So um, you've been playing. Uh, go on. You've been playing so on. So I just wanted to to start. The club is at a hush right now, waiting to, for me to say my thoughts. Um, I've been playing Mario 3D World for the second time. I re I double dipped on the Switch. I played through the main game. I'm now on the bonus levels, and I played a little bit of Bowser's Fury. And I I had a bit of an icy reception to the original Wii U one mm. because. I just wanted like Odyssey at the time, right? Like I wanted the open world 64 successor mm. and it seemed more in line with the, like more like of a new Super Mario's type effort or something like that. And, you know, replaying it now, I think I was a little hard on it at the time. I really liked the 3DS game and then, which nobody really likes except me and like three other people, but um, it's extremely easy, but I kind of, I'm like, oh, this is like cute. It's like hybridizing like 2D and 3D type uh, Mario gameplay. And then when they announced the one for the Wii U, I'm like, oh God, it's just like, it looks like almost like a port level game. But, you know, all the stages were so huge because it's like up to four player co-op, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Playing through it now, I played a little bit in co-op, um, but mostly playing single player and it's, it's better than I remember, but I just, I think it's just the movement is a little too wonky for me just because it controls the camera and it's a 3d plane, right? So you'll be, I will never know quite where I'm, know where I'm supposed to land compared to Odyssey or, or, you know, a 2d Mario game. So it doesn't feel like quite as precise. And obviously the movement is limited compared to Odyssey or 64 or something like that. It's more in line with galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that the levels kind of synthesize ideas in a way that I liked about like some of the bonus stages in Galaxy, um, where it's like, oh, in this level, every time you jump, those like blue red things flip, and you don't know which, you know, you have to know which side you're gonna land on, or you know, every three seconds or every ten seconds, the the platforms disappear, and those kind of gimmicky levels. There's a lot of them in this, and I really love those because they feel like, oh, this is like a hardcore mario gamers dream you know to have like these like really you know putting these limits and there's like there's ones with time limits and things like that but i think 
the problem is just like like a lot of recent Mario games, the main part portion of the game is just Too really easy. easy. It's so easy. Um and yeah, it's kind of a bummer. And I think I think the the um the way that it's kind of designed all the levels to be a little like wider for for multiplayer doesn't quite work because the game just does not work in co-op unless you just want, you know, complete madness. It's it's fine with two people, but I can't even imagine playing it with four people. Like It'd be a disaster. Mm. I don't know. Did you have any uh, experience with the multiplayer portion of it? If you played on no, the I, I've, so I've not played this one. I've played Three D Land, and like, uh, it, to me, it was a failed experiment. Why am I crying in the club right now? <laughs> I got what they were trying to do. So it's this idea of like you know merging the two D elements into the three D stuff. Because with the three D stuff, you've if you think back the the kind of DNA of all of the three D design was decided in sixty four. And that introduced stars. So it was like this idea of traversing this huge 3D space at the time and finding mm-hmm. secrets was like they were upending the sort of DNA of Mario and stuff. So I, I conceptually, I found it interesting. Execution-wise, I, I just think any time that you nerf Mario, it's just not fun. And Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you feel that way about Galaxy though? Because I kind of feel I kind of feel that way about Galaxy because I know that's like the most beloved. It's everyone just like low key. That's the best Mario game. But like I don't know. I I I don't like how it's like eight way movement and huh. it's like semi open but not really open. You're playing all these like linear stages and like they're really condensed. This I probably I think Galaxy Two I like the most of the those like those two games and this one because it's. It kind of has a little more free-flowing movement. And apparently this one they made faster for the Switch, so the movement's actually like 20 to 30% faster. That is interesting. I mean, I wouldn't put Galaxy in the same category as 3D Land. I mean, I've not played 3D World. Just because it's not that kind of diorama, sort of, I don't know, like fixed perspective thing. I don't know, I don't know what to say about 3D Land other than I just found it dull. It's really easy. It's like insanely easy. It's extremely especially yeah. that game is really easy 3d world like the post game levels are actually pretty hard and there's like a lot of they introduce a lot of weird elements like like there's a lot of like oh platforms that are spinning around in circles which is like not to say that's never been done in mario before but it's like it's extremely aggressive with that stuff we're just like okay this is like the hardest possible version of this level and beating the levels themselves is not hard the hard part is like collecting those green stars um which is like you know, really, that's really my goal playing. Like, I'm not typically a completionist, but this game, it's like so transparently what you're supposed to do because progress in the main game is from, you know, getting stars rather than, you know, completing the levels. It's really hard for them because, like, they've got two audiences. And, exactly. Uh, you know, my girlfriend loves Mario. If I, if she got a new Mario game and couldn't get past the third or fourth level, she'd just be gutted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This actually happened, apparently, although I have not played it, (laughs) with Crash Bandicoot 4, you know that new one that just came out? Yeah, that's hardcore, right? Yeah, it's meant to be really fucking hard, and you know, they've approached it in terms of, we've got this legacy of these generations of fans, and they're all 35, and they're going to want something that, you know, lives up to the potential and stuff, and then you've got the other people, you're like, my housemate or whatever. Who remembers having Crash Bandicoot on PS1 and she yeah. might get Crash Bandicoot 4 and just be like, what the fuck is this? And <laughs> I just think Nintendo are never going to do that. Ever. Yeah. 
It's just not yeah. in their nature kind of thing. And the, yeah, they put the post-game stuff in. See, the thing with Odyssey, even though it's easy, half the fun in Mario games, the 3D ones, is just expressing yourself. That sounds exactly. like really yeah. cringy. New agey. <laughs> it's that idea of, yeah, I could get up to this platform in this way, but I'm going to like hop and skip and backflip and shit. And just having that agency over him as a character with that polish is why they're so fun you know yeah exactly and that's exactly how i felt about odyssey and like i probably like that game even more than most people do and most people really like it i just mm. i loved how much of it was just rewarding you for trying things and trying to reach places that you didn't know if you could reach and then you reach it and there's like oh there's a star and obviously they messed up making you make it so like you can buy a star or, or what a moon sorry a moon um if you have enough coin like that kind mm-hmm. of shit doesn't make any sense because mm-hmm. then it's like oh people like having like a limit it's like oh i want to get all 300 but if you can get you know if you can buy 300 and then like you know that you was mod that wasn't <laughs> that's in that is so insane it's like microtransact <laughs> it's like when they put like something in like tiger woods or whatever in the ea games where it's like oh you can unlock all the stuff if you pay but in this game there's no real world currency it's like fake it's still fake currency so it's just like it's letting you cheat through the game and yeah, they're just terrified really of. Yeah, they're just terrified of, you know, scaring Angry off moms. the noobs. Yeah. Um. So, the Bowser's Fury stuff. Uh, is there any good? It's. I. I think it's really. F- Here's the thing. So, the worst part about Bowser's Fury is Bowser because what, what they did is they made like an interconnected. Yeah, I dropped. I dropped the fucking hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, why Bowser's fear? No, um, but um, it's it's really interesting. So it's it's open world in a way that like none of the other Mario games have been, where it's like it's not levels. They just put all the different parts of the level on one map. So you're just like you fall off one part of the map and you like kind of fail to platform a bit, and then you just drop down to the ground, and there's another stage. Like there's it's all interconnected. It's like completely open Dark world. Souls. It's pretty much Dark Souls. Um, <laughs> no, but... It, and then... So that stuff is really fun. And then the levels themselves are, like, not crazy challenging. But it's like, oh, this is neat. It's like a, it's like that sort of... An extension of the Odyssey idea of, like, oh, it never stops. You never stop moving. You never stop finding things. Except it's like... And you don't even have to switch levels. It's all, you know, within the same level. I think that maybe the issue is that the level itself isn't as interesting as any of those, like, really unique, fun Odyssey worlds. It's sort yeah. of, you know... <laughs> It's it's definitely its its own thing. Like it's kind of like a generic world, and there's like different subsections. Like oh, there's an icy area or whatever, but it still overall has kind of a similar aesthetic. But the problem with the game is that every couple minutes, uh, Bowser comes out and a giant Bowser is is spawned, and you have to go into a giant Mario. You have to become a giant Tanuki suit Mario and then fight him. Oh no, cat suit! And like, I don't. It, that part's just not fun. It's really not fun. It's just like it's oh, like oh, it's no. this existential threat that carries on throughout the whole game. It feels like more just like oh god, I have to do this. The oh. cool part of it is like it it does do this thing where it's like oh, he's like shooting fireballs all over the levels as you're in between, in the middle of the level, and that that you know that part's kind of cool. It does, it is kind of Dark Soulsy where it's like oh, all of a sudden there's this random threat out of nowhere in the middle of your experience. But just the process of you know fighting Bowser and and beating him is not fun. Um, but mm. the rest of the game is really good. So, like, I would love to see them expand upon this without the, you know, it seems like they tried two really unique ideas at once, and then one of them really works, and one of them 
I just don't have fun with. I wonder. I mean, it's got to be a test run, hasn't it? Of some kind. Oh, for sure. And it sounds really cool. It sounded amazing up until when you said the level design doesn't stack up because, or at least thematically, or you know, whatever, uh, the themes yeah. of the levels. But um, because that I, that sounds great, and I think one of the things about Odyssey that was kind of a letdown uh, makes you sound it was like the ship, right? Like, yeah, there's this thing with you know sixty four. It's so immortalized now. Yeah, and it was they were figuring it out. And we were figuring it out, and it was this beautiful thing. <laughs> it was scary. The secrets were like bizarre. It was like abstract, but a lot of that stuff has been, I don't know, retroactively placed on the game. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I guess the thing about sixty four is that that overworld is just so beloved that people like they do so much in that overworld that, and they haven't done it since. Like, which no. is really weird. It's like the first time they did an like a 3d game they made this really really cool interactive overworld that has like secrets in it. you can get stars in it. and then like i guess sunshine did it to like a kind of lesser effect even though people really like that hub um but yeah there's just like it hasn't been a, like they haven't done something that good since it's really strange that like the first 3d platformer ever has this incredibly you know mm. interesting mysterious overworld and then like every one since there's like it's a glorified level selector i don't know i don't I don't find the sunshine plaza that fun and it's like a decent attempt it's better than what they've done since but it's got to be something to do with they were just figuring it out and i think nintendo's uh, sort of like philosophy is to when they refine things and they tighten things they like sand the edges off i don't know like that's just what they do like that to them that's improvement you know you know what what people really like about 64 is it doesn't it has those edges to it and it's got the kind of um yeah the experimental aspect to it and stuff and also just the aesthetic they've got now is very much like it's like disney-fied in a way oh for sure mario yeah. will never look they're always gonna look fucking clean i don't want to yeah like, yeah fucking it's weird like yeah no, it, it, he's too <laughs> fucking I mean? clean he's a plumber why is he so you know? fucking clean <laughs> they were always gonna do that but i just think that era of gaming, uh, that kind of formative period is is over. You never get that back. And um... I think that, you know, Bowser's Fury does like tap into that sort of like, ooh, this is kind of neat. It's like a little rough around the edges. And like, I almost like that it doesn't quite work because it makes me like in a weird way. It's like, mm. it kind of feels more like a Majora's Mask or, you know, Breath of the Wild type experience. And Breath of the Wild is something that's like, I cannot believe that they made that. Because, you know, Odyssey is so great, but I can see how they made that. Breath of the Wild, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe they made like a really hard game, like a deep, confusing game. Hands off as well. Yeah, very. That was the big thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really like when I played, I was like, what? I I don't know what this is. I don't know what to do, which usually would turn me off completely. But I got sucked into it enough. But that was really surprising for them because they've gotten so polished. Except when it comes to anything online, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. The online stuff is very much like it's still in the 90s, but like everything else is just like we've streamlined everything. And like I just like looking at that like golf game or whatever that was announced. I'm just like, I know this is just going to be so just straightforward in a way that I'm like, it's not going to scratch that itch. Like, I don't know. But yeah, that's why that's why I think I'm just like always looking forward to like the next big thing they're going to do. Like because every time they get like really boring, you know, the, the we did it. 
it's like oh god new super mario brothers again and then all of a sudden like oh breath of the wild and odyssey within the same year and you're like oh my god they're back and then they you know they (laughs) devolve back into the same it's like the same cycle over and over again it's like metroid prime and then it's um 17 more smash brothers in between you know any other mainline mario games it's like okay um, I mean, there's the there's the I I think Prestige Nintendo Prestige big project Nintendo is different to I don't know like the shitty sequel stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, for for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, not so much in the sense that oh, it's a different development team or something, but I do think they actually approach it differently. I mean, Breath of the Wild's got like the feeling about it of like if this isn't good, the series could die. That was the reason why. Yeah, I think they did that. Is because Same they thing thought... with Odyssey a little bit, right? Where it's like, yeah. it's like, oh my god, it's been so like because nobody really liked. I, I replaying Sunshine with that collection. I actually did kind of like it. I'm like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. But like, um, it definitely was a sense of like, okay, we need to follow up on 64 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, not to break, you know, you know, kayfabe. I, um, I do fucking love Mario so much. So when like something like 3D World comes out, and I'm just like oh boy it's just this is what they're doing for the mainline mario game now and i'm not gonna get another one for five years after oh my god i i i get so distressed because i'm just like when is the next time i'm gonna get the 3d mario i want you know they're like infamous for prototyping a shit ton of games canceling them and stuff you can look up how many kirby 3d kirby games they've canceled since um the n64 one and like you know that they had 50 <laughs> sort of concepts for, for Odyssey of like levels and stuff. Some of them were probably like half made and they're just, it just doesn't reach the standard. And it's like, just fucking release them. Like, how many things have they secretly cancelled? Like, I'm so cu- curious about like what that Metroid game that they cancelled looks like. Yeah. Oh, Retro's been working on something weird. It's like, uh, are they? I guess like the last like super weird thing they've done with the mainline franchises that was a huge failure is. Metroid Other M or whatever that was called. I guess that wasn't really that, but... <laughs> I like that game. <laughs> I know you love that one. You're the only person on Earth that like remembers that game. But 3D World is really fun. It's good. Um, you just need to beat the main game before it gets good, or like you know most of it before it gets actually fun. I just yeah, I find like the uh, just the the design and everything very boring. I think with Odyssey, it's not too different that it's like you know you mentioned Disneyfied. It's still kind of Disneyfied, but there's all this weird shit. Like, there's a level that looks, like, very realistic, and there's, like, a realistic dinosaur. And then you go to another level, and it's, like, all f- cel-shaded-looking food. And that's... I just find that so much more intriguing. Because Mario, for me, just represents just, like, oh, so many ideas. We threw all these ideas together. and like, It's all in service of platforming, but we're throwing so much stuff at the wall and see what seeing what sticks. And then something like this feels very much like, no, this is one that takes place in the Mushroom Kingdom. You know? Mario's just doing his thing. We're not reinventing the wheel. You're right about the, the Odyssey thing. It's something I don't think Nintendo can ever get back, you know? I d- so it's not even really a criticism that much that their style is yeah. being refined into the, that kind of Disney thing because they wanted 64 to look like that, probably. <laughs> but it couldn't because yeah. of when it was made. That's um, true. <laughs> so, oh, God, this looks like shit. <laughs> can we so release this? The legacy of Odyssey, like the, sorry, 64, like the shadow of that game, just gonna hang over the series forever but like it's not the worst thing in the world it's just so i i I get that like you know there's always this thing with any medium where it's like oh the first of something is it like are we comparing it because it's the first so it's the most revolutionary and like how do you manage like 
assess the quality of something that was influential versus what is something that iterated on and made it better. Here's the thing. I still think 64 is the best 3D platformer ever, and I still think it plays the best, and I still think it's like the most fun to play now. A lot of people disagree with that, and they think it's aged really poorly, and it's really difficult, but I still like replaying that last year. I was like, no, this is still my favorite game of all time, probably. It's so good. Um, So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do with the, the series going forward, but you know, watch yourself, Nintendo. Um, <laughs> you're on our list, but you know, we've talked enough about you know kitty games. Um, yeah, let's talk about assassin. Assa- let's talk about <laughs> killing people. You know, on our chosen platforms, PlayStation and Xbox. I actually bought this uh, Hitman Three on on PlayStation. I wanted to get it for wow. Xbox. I know. I wanted to get it for Xbox, but I had all my shit on the, you know, the earlier stuff on on PlayStation. Um, so they got me. Cause this it, is a huge step for you. I know. Entering my world. Um, the first game was released episodically. This is Hitman, by the way. Yeah. Everyone. Um, I played that one. So you played that one. Two, I got a little bit later than every than when it was released. I kind of like fell off it a little bit. And three, it dropped in like January. And I, I gave it like two months before I broke um, and picked it up. I mean, there's not a lot coming out now, so it's perfect. It's perfect time. It is good. It's good. I mean, it's done well, apparently, because, yeah, no one's got anything to play. So when that first game, the first of the reboots came out, I was so excited for it. And um, it was everything that all of the fans wanted. Um, so it's IO Interactive that develops it, but used to be, how do you pronounce them? Idos? Idios? Idios? Idios. They're used dead. To be doesn't them. matter. Followed the series like my whole life. <laughs> um, it's my um, Mario. I fo- do you know I've got this memory of um of playing um Hitman Contracts on PS2 while I was listening <laughs> to wait the I was listening to the Killers Hot Fuss on my like Ooh. CD player. How, pro- how appropriate the Killers. <laughs> and I was like really into that album. This is like what 2004. Playing Hitman Contracts on this like Meat King level, like this like BDSM. You, you know, Matt, I, I appreciate this, but I think some things are better <laughs> left for therapy. But um, you know, continue. Anyway, the first and this game. Is, so yeah, like, like what did you on. feel? How did you feel about the reboot? Because everyone was crazy for it when it came out. It's never fully clicked for me until now, and I think oh. I kind of always had like a. I really like it, but like it's just it's just it fucking pisses me off so much. The experience of playing it, I find so frustrating. And the third one's pretty sort of subversive in some ways. Um, really? It's got like a heavier story focus, which is like, oh, why are you doing that? <laughs> but should we explain what the setup of Hitman is if no one knows what it is? Sure, because I don't know. I don't know what this, like, I, I played that in, like, most of that first game. I don't know what ha- what was actually going on. I don't on. know what happens. I, I had to rewatch There's always the some weird scenes. thing about, like, I watched, like, a, a cutscene from, the, I don't know, I ended up watching a cutscene from one of the games. One of the old, I think it was like a PS3 era game or PS2, I I don't know. But then he dies at the end of one and then he comes out of the casket and shoots everyone at the funeral. Yeah, so And I'm just like, this is great, but (laughs) this is beyond me. It's always had a shite story, but (laughs) but that doesn't matter. I mean, let's talk about the third game. It's finally clicked for me. I don't know why. I think it might be because it is a little bit more experimental and just them experimenting with the design and and the level construction and stuff just a light bulb went off basically 
if no one knows what Hitman is, it's basically like this wide open level. You've got a target, right? And you've got to like, <laughs> navigate like the level and 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 find a way to kill the person. Basically, tons of NPCs. You can change disguises to get you into like restricted areas, so you can like dress up as like uh, a sound technician, and that gets you into the sound technician bit. And then you might need to dress up as a bodyguard, and that can get you into the final bodyguard. But the idea is, how do I get close to this target without getting noticed? Without getting without getting noticed, but it's a puzzle game. This is the thing. It's not a sandbox. Yeah, it's more of a puzzle game. game than like a stealth game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a puzzle game, not a sandbox game. A sandbox game to me. A sandbox game is like reactive. Yes. It's emergent system. So it's like if you do something within the world, you'll impact some of the systems, and they can like start reacting off each other. Like I like move this car. Someone calls the police. The police come. They start shooting. Blah 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 blah. Hitman is not like that. It's more like um, problem solving. Yeah, the NPCs have fixed reactions to things. The placements of all of the items in the world are like very, very deliberate, and it's basically how do I read this level with that design language and sort of use it to my advantage. And since I've been doing that, I've been a lot more accepting of the limitations of the AI and stuff. Does yeah, because like, I, I think that's why I bounced out. Yeah, no, that's definitely why I bounced off the episodic one that I came back around to. And I, and I did enjoy it. I think it's just like, to me, I think it, I was like, why is this? I kind of was in the mood to be like, I'm going to get through this level in whatever way I want to. And then like, I'm going to have to, you know, fit into my surroundings. But it's really more like finding the, it feels like an adventure game almost where it's like, oh, I got to find the environmental thing that's going to, you know, get me to the next stage or whatever. And it's really funny in that, like, you know, you'll be in a, in a level where you can be, you're on a, in the first one, there's like a fashion show, I think, in the first one. And you either sneak into the backstage, you, you know, perform as one of the models, uh, you, you actually walk down the runway. And it's, it's obviously so ridiculous where it's like, you think of it as a stealth game. It's like, right, I really don't want to get seen. Where in this game, you're like doing the most, some of the most like <laughs> overt shit in the world where there's no universe in which this person would not get noticed or you know anyone would be suspicious of them like some fucking michael stipe looking dude just <laughs> walking around plotting but it is i just like i never fully engage with like the systems of it and like the shooting is whatever and um but i think just the kind of choose your own adventure kind of element of it not to say it's that easy like there there's some challenge to it but there's that sense of just like, ooh, what's going to happen if I do this? What's going to happen if I do this? Which I don't, I didn't, I, I don't really like care what the outcome of. I don't like, ooh, I need to get an A plus or a perfect score on the level. I just, you know, I completed it. And it's like, oh, let me try to complete it in a different way now. Like that element really appeals to me. Um, even mm -hmm. if I, I feel like maybe I just don't quite get the game. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of like what they tried to. You know, they they run the numbers with the reboot, and they were like, right, we can do like six of these levels because they're so fucking huge. And, yeah. I don't know, maybe five or six major ways you can kill a target and we have to set up all these AI routines and blah, 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 blah. Voice all these people, make all these assets and stuff. So then they're like, fuck, you can beat this in like three hours. So we have to build in the system of you get rewarded for trying different things. And I just think some yeah. people just won't give a shit. And I think that's why yeah. the series has never really become fully mainstream. Um yeah uh, like it's like a, it's almost more like a racing like where it's like it's like oh the the value is in like beating your previous score or whatever where i don't really care about that 
but mm. and it's I guess what it is it just like it feels almost counterintuitive to me where it's like this stealth game where you're supposed to be taking your time and this and that and then really you can beat it in two minutes if you really want to you can just make a beeline to the guy shoot him in the head and run out like if you right like, exactly. you can probably yeah, get I mean, away you with can. that nine out of ten times but. yeah I've been doing it recently for fun <laughs> I don't think they've ever found the correct balance between player expression and and that rating system and stuff but um I, really enjoy I it. like. I, I, there, am I? Is it just a rumor? Or are they making the next James Bond game? No, they've announced. The, yeah, they've announced. Uh, that see, that makes a lot of sense because it makes as as much fun as like you get the perverse thrill out of killing people in weird ways in these games, and that's a mm-hmm. lot of the dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could always just play that great game, uh, The Punisher, uh, if you want to look up a YouTube I, compilation of I some played... of the most epic. <laughs> I've played that game through about at least 10 times. My favorite part of the game is when a guy gives him the information he needs and then he brutally murders them by putting their head in like a piranha tank or <laughs> I disemboweling them. I love that. And then it. he says like, all lives matter or whatever he says after he <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a great fit though. Um, I mean, but, Bond's, uh, yeah, Bond's I think, yeah, lame as fuck, it, but it's a really. Oh, good Bond thing. is lame, but that's the thing. So, like, Bond would be not be able to kill anyone in public, so he has to, you know, do some, you know, if if they even if they put Bond into these hitman things, where it's like it doesn't make sense that this sociopath is like being so <laughs> particular and following the rules yeah. of this party. I know, like he that's has like so social, he's social, <laughs> social mores, just right, just like uh, just adhering to like oh i don't want to be embarrassed at this party um for bond it makes a lot of sense for him to be like oh can't kill anyone i work for the you know m16 i can't you know <laughs> mi6 did i say mi16 sorry I'm just, I, cool. I was just thinking about the punisher um, <laughs> oh god just the thrill of killing someone so brutally oh, gotta go play that i fucking um, love that so much man <laughs> you really like uh, it? I'm not even joking. Did you play Man? What was it. the one? What was the Rockstar game that caused Manhunt. all those school shootings? That was too dark for me. What was that called? Manhunt. 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 Oh yes. Yeah. The paper bag. The paper bag death. I think the first weapon you get's a paper bag, a plastic bag. Sorry. And you can See, like. I start playing it, but then the next day I went to school and I tried that on my friends, so I had to. I had to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to just touch on. Um, I've played more games than you, so unfortunately, I have to. I'm going to talk about the next. I mean, game. you win this week in terms of like the true yeah. gamer battle. To- totally pro. Something I wanted. I just want to touch on Watch Dogs Two, uh, <laughs> the most uncool oh series of all God. time. <laughs> the the um, fucking games you play. <laughs> but no, what, okay, I never played the first one at all. It looked so whack to me. <laughs> like, it looked so fucking stupid. <laughs> He's hacking self. I'm like, okay, this game should have came out like 15 years ago, but okay. <laughs> I go off, loved, I guess. I loved it, man. I know you did. I know fucking, you did. Fucking loved it. You love these, amb- I think you just really love these ambitious games. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, not that they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're whatever, they're Ubisoft games, but. I'm into um, Armat, that's why. Oh, yeah. I, just... I, just, I like playing it safe, but, um, <laughs> But what what like what what is the second one all about? Like okay, yeah. compare it well, to the first one. It, so the first one, you can't get away from the fact that it's so infamous for that fucking video that they released at like E three, that looked looked like PS six <laughs> graphics or whatever, and then it drops and it looks nothing like it. Yeah, I know. Um, 
Look at the debris flying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, it was just the first one. Like, I really enjoyed it. It's had great fucking controls, like responsiveness and stuff. The shooting was really good. But I just enjoyed the idea of um, remotely affecting things. And two really doubles down on that. And it's fucking so good. It's really? so fucking good. Yeah. It, it just hits all my buttons kind of thing. Presses them. What's the expression? Oh, some gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even know what you do with buttons. Uh, so yeah, it pushes. It pushes your buttons. It pushes them like hard because. Okay, calm down. <laughs> if you think of it like okay, just quickly like you've got GTA Three. That's like the instigator of like the third person action adventure open world thing. For me, the next game that did something new was the first Assassin's Creed because not only can you move horizontally in this open world you can move vertically Mm -hmm. you know whatever you think about that game and like its sequels you know just see that tower you can climb that (laughs) and then honest to god i really think the next level of sort of the evolution of that is watchdogs because it's basically just saying we've placed all of these systems in this world such as like traffic npcs and environmental objects that you can remotely affect and if you do that, you can basically set off a chain reaction within NPC behavior and how they interact with like the environment stuff. You can complete missions just keeping the main character on his laptop as you just hack into cameras and, you know, uh, call a gang of like baddies, whatever the fuck they are, I don't know, <laughs> to like attack the enemies and stuff. So I've been really impressed with it. That sounds, I mean, like, I, I don't, I'm not, a, uh, you know, offended by you liking this game. I mean, it does look really, the systems look pretty cool. I just, like, I, I just, I guess the mission mission structure with those types of Ubisoft open world games just, like, bore me, you know? Is it, like, similar, like, trail this person, kill this person? It is very, so the structure of Watch Dogs is, like, super Ubisoft in the sense that there's tons of icons on the map, tons of, like, side activities, and you're, like, inundated with things. Right. Trees. That trees, skill trees, all that kind of thing. And you know what that's like. But I think the difference with Watchdogs and why I think it actually kind of coheres into something, because um you're part of this hacktivist network called DeadSec and um your ultimate goal is to amass followers for your hacktivist group and every single thing that you do, this kind of follower bar increases, right? And I think it ends up somewhere around, maybe you get to like a million followers or something. And as you Where start off, right now, at my social media. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can relate to that in terms of like, you know, the <laughs> podcast and stuff. So you'll start doing tasks, maybe it's 8,000 towards the end, maybe you're getting like 100,000 per mission. But, and so that's very kind of, you know, comparable to like an XP bar, right? I think the reason it works in Watchdogs all those tropes are in terms of like the map design and like the side quests and stuff promotes and encourages this feeling where anything that you do always feels like it's drawing back to this main well of like progression because you're rewarded for everything that you do and experimentation feels also feels rewarded it doesn't feel like i have to do the optimal thing every single time i'm playing this um that's exciting because that's always the problem i have with those Ubisoft worlds like they don't really feel very interactive right like it's just like they're just 
big. So they just like fill up, they just fill them up with a lot of like, you know, content rather than, you know, feel like you're naturally acting within the world. I mean, that's always been the major criticism of the Assassin's Creed games and stuff. I mean, the NPCs have always been, they're not actually NPCs, you know, they're just background and they've got really nice animations. But if you were to do something with them, the, the, you know, nothing really is going to happen. Um, that's the most surprising thing about the depth of uh, about Watch Dogs is the depth of the the NPC reactions and stuff. I mean, it's approaching Rockstar levels, genuinely, and and in some regards, I think it goes past it goes past GTA. Really? Yeah. Here's my question. I obviously, you know, we're trendsetters. We don't follow uh, other critics because you know there's no ethics in in other sort of game, games journalism. We're in a club. Uh, why? This is a joke. But why <laughs> do you think the reception of this game has been? It's horrible. AKA got like a sixty-eight on Metacritic. Did it really? Yeah, something is like that. True? that. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's definitely muted, isn't it? I mean. I don't think I looked up the reviews actually after I completed the game, kind of like the main campaign, and I was sort of just mentally put it down. You know, I went onto the Wikipedia just to read about the development and stuff, um, and see if there was anything about the production. And I ended up seeing the Metacritic and the reviews, and I just don't think the critics will pick up on stuff like that. I don't think they'll pick up on the um, potential of and the kind of breadth of the of the systems in the game because they're easily ignorable to an extent and they don't think about games in that way you hear that critics shots fired it's true coming for you no but i i can see that like i i think i mean you also just have different preferences in terms of you know interacting with game worlds and things like that um but i think people just probably like hit their limit with ubisoft and they're just like all right like we gotta take it out on like one of these games i think just like watch like there's a lot of nostalgia for assassin's creed still i think and like people just get invested in those like settings but with watchdog i just feel like the it came out at a time where people were starting to get tired of it and you know i like the way you talk about it makes it sound interesting i just like it's just interesting to see here that it kind of is fundamentally different than a lot of open world games way like in terms of its interactivity and all this stuff and then it also just is the one where people like they drew the line. They're like, no more open world games from Ubisoft. Yeah. And and I think maybe they they just picked on the wrong one. Because yeah. you know it surprised me. I've I tried to play the game like three or four times, and and uh, I never really just gave it. It really rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, it's a hacktivist, dead sec, millennial hacker aesthetic and pixel art and fucking memes and you know. Yeah. It's oh, very yeah, easy yeah, to that just really, like that. Really put me off of it. It's like, super you know, like cringe. And like, don't get me wrong, that's my aesthetic. If you you, you can't see us, but Maddie and I are both wearing giant trench coats, and, <laughs> you know, with a shirt that has a rare Pepe on it. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I was just like not into the whole Dogecoin the game. Like I don't, I don't know. Like I didn't. No, I, 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 yeah. I, like every, everything about it kind of seemed like, oh god. It really is that. <laughs> it's fucking it's like set in, um, it's Frenchies set in, doing it too. Jeez. It's set in San Francisco. It's set in San Francisco. It's in San Francisco. Did you not know that? No, I didn't know that. It was the yeah, first. Where was the first one take place? Chicago. Oh. 
So it's set in San Francisco, and and it, it's very much kind of like ascending up of the Silicon Valley, you know, rich people. And yeah, you, you'll hack into someone's house, and 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 they're gonna be uh, like douchebag jock who owns like a water company or something like that, and you yeah. like steal all of the money from his bank account. It's that kind hack of hack into the, the uh, Bowdoin Bakery, steal the mother dough from the sourdough bread. <laughs> yeah, um, I but just I want to go back to the the GTA comparison because I feel like. Um, all of our listeners are going to, in the comments, be saying, like, oh, I can't Fuming. believe you said that. So I, I'm that. pretty angry, so please elaborate. <laughs> and I, I want to clarify that in terms of, you know, that kind of um, what we mentioned, I think, on the last episode with the Red Dead Redemption um, presentation and that sense of just exceptional polish. And I can't believe they added that detail. How did they do that? And mm-hmm. where did the resources come from? It doesn't have that. Um, mm. But a lot of that is actually kind of superficial in, in a lot of ways you know when you get to the meat and potatoes of of gta or red dead it's the shooting and stuff and i think yeah where watchdogs laps it a little bit is in those sections like that fundamental gameplay moment it's it's there's so much more flexibility i and i think the best way to kind of wrap up the point is to give a scenario so imagine like a a harbor or something like this area the piers yeah and um there's a car and it's like steal this car and um you've got this ability where you can remotely make cars move i can make it move forward right or left or backward um and usually you can do it in a situation where say there's an enemy in front of a car and you're hacking them watching them through a camera you can make that car drive forward and just take them out anyway i was just i just thought can i get this car out through this entire um, sort of elaborately designed stealth environment. Can I just get it out by using this one feature that you can do? And I did, and they didn't know. They didn't know anything. Once I got this car out of this red mission area, I could just get in it, and and it was it was done. That kind of um, flexibility in the game design, you just don't get in in, in stuff. You know. No, that's interesting. I mean, like if it's like are you, are you, from, like... Are you underwhelmed? Uh, it sounds like shit, but <laughs> the thing is, you know, the, that that does sound interesting in terms of just like the moment to moment game. I just, can't, I'm just imagining myself just being like, okay, this gameplay moment is fun, but I just being so turned off by like the pacing and the world and the skill trees and all that shit. Like that shit, like kind of just turns me off so much because I feel like I'm like missing out on some part of the game that other people are into. But I think the sort of the gameplay sounds pretty interesting. I mean, I would love to play a version of this that isn't in a fifty-hour Ubisoft game. To be honest, maybe but. that maybe that example is also a bit too niche because that's kind of a back of the no, box. No. This this anecdote that you know those anecdotes that always get used and for to describe video games like the Skyrim one where it's about you, you know the climbing the mountain or I can yeah. be anyone I want. and it's just well that's not actually the experience you know that's no. so specific and I it's just. If there's a guy in front of you and the near steam pipe, you can blow up the steam pipe and you can use a drone to fly around and all of these really well-designed kind of um, puzzle challenges within the environment where you can only get a little remote-controlled toy through this vent and this is all fully baked into the open world. Yeah, that's what that's what really hooks me into open world games. So that, that, that kind of sold me on it a bit that, you know, I, I love that feeling of, 
I'm really affecting things and, you know, mm. you have a lot of control over, over the environment and things like that. Like, and I think that gets touted a lot in, in open world games. And then I'm just uh, really disappointed always. Totally. Totally. Um, I, I mean, I love like fucking like crackdown just because the game was like barely a game. It was just like <laughs> a bunch of loose explosive bear, like items and, and like, yeah. I mean, what, uh, like those types of games. I really like. Yeah. Would you say that the gameplay, like the, any of the mechanics are, tight like is the is the action satisfying Mm. or is it just pretty clunky the shooting's worse than the first game i don't know why (laughs) i don't know why it's almost like maybe they over tweaked it um and it ended up just feeling it's pretty bad the shooting but you don't shoot that often i mean you don't have to so otherwise it feels great i think like all of the hacky stuff the hackadacken I think the thing that always gets me out open world games is just like the mood, like the walking and running and stuff like that. Like not to say, like that's the thing I, that holds me back about GTA is how slow it feels at times. Like with the having to like pump the the X button or whatever to keep yeah. running. Um, almost said A button. Thank God I didn't. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like that's the only thing that I'm interested in is just like how meandery those like those you know the traversal stuff feels and you know like it seems like the moment to moment the gameplay uh seems pretty interesting but uh ultimately you haven't sold me and i won't be playing the game so (laughs) i just i don't know i just like if it's free or if it's like cheap i will definitely give it a try because like that does sound interesting i mean i i played um you know like i played assassin's creed valhalla oh my god what an amazing soundtrack by the way (laughs) that's the best thing about the game like it's a it's so boring. I just keep bouncing off it. Um, just a note to anyone listening: Maddie has a twenty percent share in Ubisoft. <laughs> I really, <laughs> and a lot of these open world games are like, if it's not fun going from A to B, like why am I doing this? Like why do you keep making me go across this and this huge country on a horse when it's like not fun? Like that's not fun. And I think the thing with Watch Dogs is just being in that world and stuff. You have to take advantage of it. You can play it like a shitty sort of third person shooter or like stealth game but yeah. if you're taking advantage of it it's just, it's just so much fun um so yeah it, best that's game great i'm the, glad we, we all we we, we both year. played games we we loved um kind Goat. of um some great games but you know i think you know we're, we're really bearing the lead here the club has been just waiting they're like they haven't dropped the beat yet because we haven't you know, we haven't talked about the big news, which was PlayStation State of Play oh, fuck. from, you know, over a week ago. And we still haven't commented on it. And people are waiting to see, you know, how should I react to this news? Uh-huh. What do, you know, the experts think? So um, if you if you don't mind, I'll, I'll sort of go through the major announcements. And, you know, uh, I don't want to be, you know, cocky here, but I think my guys at Sony really brought it. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that they're going to rule the next year of gaming uh, once you hear some of this stuff. So, uh, you ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on. So, Final Fantasy VII is coming for PlayStation Plus uh, next month, oh. but no matter. They're making a... P- <laughs> it's the PS4 version, and if you have the PS5, you will not be getting the PS5 version because they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade for PS5. And this is a a, a remastered version of the PS4 ver- of the PS4 game, which will be available to anyone who purchased that game 
but not anyone who gets it for free on PSN. Just to clarify, double you know, double clarify that. Um, this is fucking amazing to me. Like, it's just so square. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's um, square or if it's Sony, but who who came up with this idea? Yeah, I think what they've done is like Sony's been like, we need something big. Let's get Final Fantasy, and um, Square well, being like, we don't want to give them too but much. Getting the new one. <laughs> yeah. What is that? It's like it's total like. You know, canceling student debt, like, oh, that wouldn't be fair. <laughs> like, that wouldn't be fair because some people have already paid their student debt. So, only people that have paid for Final Fantasy VII are getting the, you know, the 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 remastered edition. But you know, if you do end up getting the PS5 version, you can get a new story uh, episode. Uh, you can, which features Yuffie. I don't know who that is, but probably gonna be really fucking sick, dope as hell. Um, so that was the big announcement. Um, but What's not it? to say that there's yeah there's not any more. But any thoughts on that? What's that? <laughs> you asking me about this? Any final thoughts on Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy Seven uh, remake. Uh, I mean, not, new yeah. episode starring Yuffie. Yeah, I've not played the game, so which is okay. weird, isn't it? I know. I'm I gonna, I, even I've played it. Well, not yet, but I will be playing it because it's free right now. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll probably I turn it, it on, be like Sony's king, and then just turn it on. I downloaded it and um, I was like, oh, it's 30 frames, man. Like, it looks oh so my fucking, god, you in the fucking frames. It looks so fucking like, <laughs> j- like jaggy, fucking choppy, fucking <laughs> shite last gen. Well, maybe you should shell out the $80 for Integrade when it comes well, out. I was thinking, like, can't you just pick up like a disc and put the disc in and then you get the new one? It's not yeah. It's not how. But so then you have to up, put like, the, the disc ne- in the entire time, though, right? Oh well, at least you could sort of get because, like, the fucking PS Five. Yeah, but yeah, like does that work? Because yeah, or something. Yeah. Is that how it works? Like, you if you have like the PS Four disc version, you download the PS Five version for yeah. free. Yeah. But then you have to have the disc in, or no? I guess you would have yeah, you to, do. right? Yeah, you do. That is so weird. Because it acts as a license. Because you could sell that disc yeah. and then. Oh, yeah. for sure. You could pass it around. Yeah. So it's bizarre. It feels. Well, they're antagon- not a charity, Maddie. They're not it's a charity. <laughs> feels antagonistic to me. Like, give me. So you give me the. That shit is a little fucked. Like, like that is such a, that is such weird concurrent announcements where it's like, that is announced on one day and then the next day they're like, oh, by the way, you'll get the shitty version. For yeah. free. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. Um. Well, no matter. Kina Bridge of Spirits is coming out August 24th. I actually think this looks really cute. I don't really know what it is. It kind of looks like cameo elements of power, but... No, don't say that. Uh, Sorry? (laughs) Don't say that. No, you said it looks like cameo, which was really bad. Hey, who's the Xbox fanboy? (laughs) (laughs) I think it looks super cute I loved cameo when I got it in a free double disc with something else. Crimson Sky. No, what was it? I don't remember. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, Cameo was pretty shit. Um, this looks cuter. It looks a lot more cute. I like how it looks. Wow. Um. It's cheap. The game is cheap? Yeah, I think it's like 35 quid. Really? So I think the developers have said it's short. So that's why it's cheap. I don't mind that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like definitely one of those games where like nobody would buy it if it was $80 anyway, so... Um. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. 
But um, it looks cute. I don't know. I don't know anything. Like Ember Lab is a developer. I don't know. I don't know. But um, it looks it looks really cute. But we'll see. I don't know. Like the problem with these games is always like is the combat fun because they always be, build these like beautiful worlds and then it's like I don't want to play this. I like, mean, I don't even know what kind of game it is. I think honest. it's like an action adventure. I don't even know what that means though. So um, yeah, we'll see. Um, cute art style though. Um, it's a girl with a stick. Never fails. Uh, then Returnal. That is coming out. That was they showed more of that. House Marky Mark House Mark House Mark House House Mark. What is it? House, House Mark. Mark, I think. Yeah. House Marky is way cooler. House Marks upcoming PS5 game Returnal. Looks which is meant to be some sort of roguelike or something. It's a full price rose roguelike, which a lot of people are like gasping about. Because it's like, why would I pay full price for a roguelike? Which I don't think is necessarily fair, but the game does look like it should be in the uh, same bin as uh, Kina Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a. I don't know what the difference is publishing wise between this and and Kina, but um, it's got that full first party Sony price tag, which is seventy pounds. That's a lot. And I think I the that... game just looks kind of like. One note. I don't know. I like it's that it's kind of just yeah. like spray and pray kind of games, but like it feels a bit unfair on the developers because when I think of like that price tag and what they're doing with it and like the motivation behind it, they're always citing like, you know, these big games need to be priced this way, blah 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 blah. You know, Jim Ryan and stuff. But like yeah. he's talking about Last of Us too. He's not talking about Return. Return. But it doesn't matter because it's like a blanket thing. And I just think it's like if the medium was £70, like, can you fucking imagine? I know. What? I mean, I can't imagine because I would never play that shit, but. Uh, <laughs> and it's um, not fair. Like, it's not fair because. You, I don't know. Whatever. It's it's not fair. Like, the game doesn't look bad or anything. It just looks like kind of like old school, like, with like a roguelike, you know, glaze on top. Like, I, I think I like those kind of, like, really aggressive shooting games but i don't know I, I don't know like there's something about it that just looks early game in a console generation um <laughs> yeah yeah not to hate i like hades was really the first roguelike game that really clicked with me um and this i'm sure like if the combat is fun it'll be fun to play i just like those games just inherently don't have a ton of replay value to me because, like, I'm one of those people who are like, okay, I beat it. I don't need to do it. Like, oh, I don't want to do another. Like, how can I best my run? Like, I don't care. Like, I just, like, oh, I finally got past this point where, like, I couldn't beat it. Now I beat it. Um, I assume that the game will be, like, 40 minutes if you beat it in, like, one sitting, but, like, um, however long, you know, roguelikes so are. What's, so what's that? Is that, um, if it's 40 minutes, is that 20, 20 pound per 10 minutes um which you know so if you compare that to like skyrim or something like, that's crazy yeah, isn't I yeah i mean like that's the thing with games are it's not worth like, it mate yeah like if you look at the cash per per minute the <laughs> cpm um it's yeah it, it's a lot <laughs> if, I mean, if i could I, drop I pa- if i could drop pounds that fast in real life <laughs> i'll tell you that much um they did announce that there was another roguelike that got announced. Um, Sifu, Saifu, 
whatever. Absolver, oh. Absolver developer Slow Clap revealed Sifu, Sifu for PS4 and PS5. It kind of looks fun. Oh, really? It looks kind of fun. It's like a martial arts combat game. It's like a roguelike, and every time you die, you get slightly older and more skilled. And then beyond that, you know, huge announcements. Dodgeball game Knockout City gets a new look and beta. Um, Crash Bandicoot 4 is coming to PS5. Oddworld's coming out on April 6th. Um, He's cancelled, isn't he? That guy? He is cancelled. His game is still releasing, though. So, um, who's the real... Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, they should... They should cancel the game, to be honest. I know it's like pretty much done, but... Um, And then first gameplay, Five Nights at Freddy's, Security Breach. I don't know what this is. I don't know what it is either. I don't don't know know what Five Nights at Freddy's is. I played the first one. It's like a weird little puzzle time management game that's designed to make you shit your pants when like the thing goes... (laughs) It's like a jump scare game based on like, you know... Rock of Fire Explosion, Chuck E. Cheese, Animatronics, which is like in my wheelhouse. Like I love kind of like that kitschy shit. I just like the game is not very fun. And this game is like a this is a big departure. You know, it's like it's like a different type of game. Oh right. Um see we don't have animatronic stuff in the UK. I don't I think I don't know if we've discovered the technology yet. What about at uh Alton uh Towers or whatever the fuck that's called? I mean, yeah, being there like once, but it's not like a, you don't have like a restaurant with animatronics in them. That's just crazy. I mean, so here's I the thing. The U.S. also doesn't have any more of these. They're all closing <laughs> down. <laughs> I saw an image yesterday of somebody saw like the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic in a, in a dump. And it was like the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, it's weird how fucking huge that franchise It's so huge. Kids I love that shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm old. I am so, too old for this shit, ultimately. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know what this is. Probably should have done some research. But, you know, fans of the genre will love it. So, that's another huge yes. win for PlayStation. And the first thing that comes up when I look it up is, is Five Nights at Freddy's appropriate for seven-year-olds? Um, and then the person said, ESRB rating has uh, suggests this game is for children over 12. So, that should answer some of the... Uh, I, that makes me even more confused. <laughs> like, what? So it's um, not a horror game, then? It is. It is a horror game, but it's like a jump scare horror. It doesn't have, like, blood okay. or anything. Oh, okay. In fact, I'm looking at the review right now, and somebody age 14 that says, what's all the drama? I see a lot of people saying, this game is demonic. Keep children away. Children away. Why does this exist? But seriously, people, chill out. It's fake. Older children can understand that. Is the game eerie and creepy? Aww. Does it have a backstory? Yes. Does it make me jump from time to time? 100%. That's a very and, insightful kid. Yeah, I think it is a kid pretending to be a parent. Um, oh, I thought you said it was a kid. Is it a parent? It, sa- it says... I think it says it's written by an adult, but it says uh. it's clearly a kid writing as an adult. And then um, somebody else writes, uh, my daughter has seen the game. This game played and is now terrified and crying thanks to her dad and his friend's son. <laughs> And for crying out loud, children were killed and put into robots? What is this world coming to? So, anyway. I'm on, I'm on her side. <laughs> I, we should do a whole episode where you read these reviews. This is the funniest thing ever. 
My child can now cannot sleep. <laughs> Dark theme. My son, is, who is six years old, has been tormented by the images he saw in this game. A friend of him lured him into watching it at camp. <laughs> <laughs> he has not been the same since. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god. I'm sorry I didn't have the opportunity or was aware of the impact this would have on my son. <laughs> That's not real. It is real. I have tried to explain to him that those characters were not real in the game. It was all a game, but so far it has not convinced him. <laughs> this no. is so good. <laughs> oh boy, I'm gonna just bookmark this. But anyway, that's that's a great way to end. You know this news roundup. Um, yeah. Oh, the club just got started again. The club's bumping again. Uh, dance, dance, the music dance, came dance, back. Woo! Oh, Let's I'm getting all tipsy. It's weird. This I I drank this drink. This bald guy just came over and gave me this. Um, and he said, you know, drink up. Wait. And I've been... Oh, you drunk here? Yeah. Oh, God, I don't feel so good, man. Oh, no. Fuck. John.